Welcome to the Monterey Podcast. For more information, check out our website at montereychurch.com. This morning, we begin the journey into Advent, the celebration of the birth of Jesus. And we, Advent is really the coming, and it's the anticipation of that coming. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to be leaning into that. This morning, we want to do something a little bit different, and we want to acknowledge that we're not going to have a typical sermon. You're not going to hear from us. Hopefully, you're going to hear from God this morning in ways that are a little bit different. So this morning, the focus isn't going to be on a speaker or a stage, but on God's voice. And we can't do this for you, so it's really um, in your hands. A.W. Tozer says this, God will speak to the hearts of those who prepare themselves to hear. And conversely, those who do not do so and prepare themselves will hear nothing, even though the word of God is falling upon their ears. I don't often disagree with A.W. Tozer, but I think God does sometimes speak to those who don't want to be spoken to, and he does so intentionally and gets their attention. But I think overall, we lean into him when we want to hear from him. I've become convinced that many times I don't hear from God, not because my arms are crossed or I'm mad at him or I don't want to hear from him, but because I'm distracted. We were made for intimacy with God, and we want to know him more. We want to walk with him every day, not just on Sundays. We can prepare ourselves to hear by believing that God is present, by believing that his Holy Spirit is in us. When we do so, we're able to hear the voice of God. We find over and over in Scripture that God is found by those who seek him. This morning, what we want to do is lean into the word of God and let him speak to us. When we seek, ask, and knock, God will answer. He will be found, and he will open the door. God wants us to join us in that journey. This morning, we're going to do something. uh, It's a Lectio Divina reading. And what that means, basically, is we're going to read Scripture intentionally and, and try to hear what God may be speaking to us. And so if you would, I'm going to read this, this passage to us, but would you do something specific? Would you ask God to speak what he needs to speak into you? Would you ask God to give you one or two words throughout the Lord's Prayer that maybe you can hold on to this morning that would speak into your place and your time this morning? So as I read it, hold on to a word or hold on to a phrase. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. A lot of times when I read the Lord's Prayer, the part that comes over and over to me is the honoring of God. And and so much so that I do the Lord's Prayer almost every day as a beginning to my prayer and I listen for certain things. But one thing that stood out to me recently has been this, um, the Father God, hallowed be your name. And I've kind of rephrased it for myself, and it says, Father God, creator of all things, would you remind me of your power and grace and presence today? We're gonna take just a moment, if you would. If you'd like God speak words over you that you need to hear this morning out of the Lord's Prayer, and then we're gonna begin worship. So would you take just a moment of silence and uh, we'll begin into worship. Your kingdom come. 
your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So as we continue in our meditation uh, of the Lord's Prayer, uh, I want to remind us of a word that Eric used, uh, earnestly seek God. So what does it mean to be earnest? I think it's a really simple word. I think it clears a lot of the distractions away, and it just says, I intend, I'm, I intend to do this. So when I earnestly seek God, I can do it with my intention, but I can also do it without fear or shame or guilt, which are the, are the tools of Satan. So as we, as we sit with the Lord today, without a core message, because the message is his, right? Uh, be intentional, be earnest, and put aside guilt, fear, and shame. So each line of prayer within the Lord's Prayer uh, we were noticing a few weeks ago is just, just buzzing with this idea of Advent as we prepare for this, this Christmas season. So Advent, as you've heard earlier in the service, simply means arrival or the coming. It's the arrival of Jesus, right? Advent began in the Christian tradition as early as the 5th century as a season for preparing the mind and the heart for Christmas Day, which is the day that our tradition celebrates the birth of Jesus Christ. One assumption we might make is, well, what's the purpose of Advent but to celebrate a memory from the past? Like we celebrate birthdays, the day we were born a long time ago, or holidays, a holiday of, of uh, remembering or memory of something. After all, Jesus already arrived all those years ago. So what's this time really for besides looking back? Today, maybe this part of our prayer has a clue for us. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom, this curious word Jesus chooses to use as the centerpiece of his, his teaching ministry is heavy with something for us right now. It's dynamic, it's alive. And as we come to hear the message of Jesus on his own terms, the good news of the kingdom of God, that phrase that he uses so many times, the good news is whatever the kingdom of God means. The Son of God was not the only thing to arrive. His kingdom, the announcement of his kingdom, was also arriving. What does this mean? I think it's this, this idea of the reality of heaven, God's good reign, his good and perfect reign. That's all a kingdom is, isn't it, anyway? Is, is the space in which the jurisdiction in which the reign of the king is in effect. Jesus says, this kingdom that I'm announcing, it's, it's among you. It's within you. So if we only look backward during Advent, we're actually missing everything. Jesus says, look now. And yet, we acknowledge when we look around now, we often feel like we have to squint pretty hard to see the kingdom. The world seems like a mess. Conflict, cruelty, chaos. So what do we do with that if the kingdom is indeed among us? John 1 says, the light has shined in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. The darkness has not recognized it. If we continually stare into the darkness, we too begin to stop being able to recognize the light. Have you ever spent any, uh, any amount of time in a cave, um, maybe particularly during the day, 
gone into a cave, what happens when you come out? Well, your, eyes, your eyes hurt, and you really can't see for a while. Not in the same way. We miss the color and the beauty and the detail. And in Jesus, what he's teaching us, we miss the color and the beauty and detail of heaven around us, happening around us because we're trapped by fear and by guilt and by shame. We're literally blinded by it. The light was always outside the cave. We just chose to look inside instead. Ephesians 5.13 says, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated itself becomes a light. To see the kingdom here among us, to see this advent, this arrival of Jesus Christ, the king and the kingdom and the reign that he brings requires that we be still. Here in the mind, here in the heart, I think in that order, the stiller we are actually begins out here. The stiller we are in our physical environments, we can hear what's going on in our minds. And if we still our minds, we begin to hear our hearts. This is part of preparing the mind and heart for Advent. And when we do this, eventually, and sometimes suddenly, we can see. Everything becomes illuminated. As Paul said, everything that is illuminated becomes a light itself. I think we can be forgiven for feeling like this prayer is more of a wish, right? Your ki- cross our fingers, your kingdom come, your will be done. Maybe we can be forgiven that we feel like it's more of a wish than a reality because when we see with eyes of fear and despair and anxiety, we see fear and despair and anxiety. But when we're still, when our peace is not in our circumstance or the news cycles we're surrounded by or the events going on in the world that, that we need to bring hope and peace to, but when we're not dominated by those things, when we're dominated by the dominion of the kingdom, the peace of the Father, then we can see Advent. We can see that kingdom into which the Father is inviting us. So as we continue to meditate, finally and most importantly, maybe this question, um, whose kingdom are we being invited into? It's not mine. It's not yours. It's the Father's. So our prayer is, Father, your kingdom come, because I'm having a hard time seeing it. Your will be done, because I'm having a hard time expressing that. On earth, and if I could add, it's extremely biblical and theological, in me, in us, as it is in heaven. So take a moment with this, this line of this prayer. Um, take a moment and speak these words in silence to God and just see what he shares with you. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins as we also forgive everyone who sins against us. As we come to the table of the Lord, I think these lines from the Lord's Prayer are fitting for us. In this prayer, we are reminded of God's faithfulness to us. Just as God provided manna from heaven to the Israelites as they wandered the desert, 
So too, God provides us with our daily need, which is himself. Forever the true bread from heaven, always and forever offered to us in love. Homes, food, clothing, transportation, those are all extras that pale in comparison to the love of God extended to us through Christ Jesus. And so this morning, I think maybe some of us need to hear these words afresh as we take of the bread and we take of the cup. God loves you. God is for you. There is nothing that can separate you from his love. And there is nothing that we need more than him. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins as we forgive everyone who sins against us. Communion is a time to remember that we've been forgiven. It's also a time to remind us the call upon our lives to forgive those who have sinned against us. This is life in the kingdom of God. Forgiving others as we've been forgiven. Jesus tells a parable about the unmerciful servant who is forgiven a great debt by the king and then immediately goes out, finds someone who owes him a small debt, chokes him, demands repayment, and then throws him in prison. I have been the unmerciful servant. I've received a great forgiveness, and at times I don't offer forgiveness to others. And I confess, this is not the way of our Lord. Jesus broke bread with, and he washed the feet of, the one who betrayed him. Jesus offered forgiveness to his tormentors while on the cross where he was tormented. Jesus modeled forgiveness for everyone. So at this table, all are forgiven and all are called to forgive. At this table, all are loved and all are called to love. So today, as we share in this meal, allow God to guide your hearts and your minds to those people in particular who you still need to lovingly forgive. Would you pray with me? Father, this is a table full of unmerciful servants who are still being led in the way of mercy by the one who desires mercy, not sacrifice. As we take this bread and as we drink this cup, may our lives more and more reflect the life of Christ, whose kingdom is coming.
We pray this in his name. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This part seems like a, such an odd addition after the last three parts we just heard. Eric, who started with Father God, creator of all things, would you remind us of your power and grace and presence? Aaron, who reminded us that the coming of his kingdom is here, but not quite yet. We are still in the advent, the arrival of the kingdom. Is it possible in our stillness that we can see the very thing Jesus is trying to draw our attention to? The kingdom of heaven, here and now. Or Hudson and his reflection that we have been given everything that we need and that the table in the kingdom of heaven here and now all are forgiven and all are called to forgive. All are loved and all are called to love. And then we come to and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And we read this part about temptation, and we read it in the sense that it's about God. Don't lead us into temptation, into a fall, into our sin. Don't let the evil one take hold of us, which we don't want. But in reality, this text is about freedom. Freedom from sin. Freedom from the evil one. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us into freedom. And while Jesus may have been the one to say this before his death, it is in recognition that he was here to lead us into freedom, salvation, not slavery. And we get to enjoy that freedom right now in the kingdom of heaven today. Perhaps that's why later manuscripts added that phrase, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Because they wanted to remind us that we are no longer slaves to sin, but servants of the one who frees us. The one who frees us into the kingdom of God. Frees us, not freed us, not past tense. Because the kingdom of heaven that Jesus ushered in is ongoing here and now and not quite yet. We are living in the, the, the arrival, living in the advent of the kingdom. Eric began this morning with a quote from A.W. Tozer. It is worth repeating the beginning. God will speak to the hearts of those who prepare themselves. We ask you this morning to intentionally, to earnestly lean into the presence, into the voice of God. What did God speak to you? This morning, God said something. What was it? Was it a name? What is this, was it a struggle? Was it a hurt? Was it a need to surrender something? What was it that he said? As we've done through each one of these movements, we're going to stop for just a few moments. And we want you to lean into that silence and listen. What has God, what is God saying to you this morning? Father, give us 
ears to hear and eyes to see what you are saying right now. Amen. God said something today. Name it. Write it down. Share it with someone else this week. Don't hide it. Maybe it was those two or three words at the beginning that stood out to you. Underline them in your Bible. Write them down somewhere this week. You may not know exactly what is it about. You may not know why these things were put upon your heart, but trust that Holy Spirit will unpack those things, those thoughts, those words in the days become because the arrival has begun. Advent has begun. Just stay standing for just a moment. We're going to end today with a couple of different ways of, of participating in the Lord's Prayer. And the first is this video that we're going to show here. Uh, Thursday night was Thanksgiving, right? And so um, unbeknownst to anyone else on the worship team, what we were doing this week, uh, I got this video from one of the members of our worship team of their daughter praying for Thanksgiving. And so un- completely beknownst to anyone what we were doing, this is what she was praying. Take a look. Blakely White, thank you for leading us in that prayer this morning. And now for the mouth of babes and now to us, let's end by praying this prayer together out loud this morning. Would you pray with me? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. May it be so. You're dismissed. Have a great week.